Hello, this is David Shirley from Irish Funds. We return to the Irish Funds UK Symposium from November this year in this podcast episode with a keynote address from Jonathan Lipkin, Director, Policy, Strategy and Research with the Investment Association. His keynote is entitled The Strategic Outlook for the European Fund Management Industry. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll be back soon with more content from this year's UK Symposium. Good morning, everybody. Um, uh, Pat, Minister, colleagues, um, it's terrific to be here. This is actually my first in-person uh, speaker uh, event since lockdown ended. Um, and genuinely, I, I can't think of anywhere that I would rather be. The relationship between the UK and Irish fund and investment management industries um, is deep, uh, is fundamental. The relationship also between Irish funds as a trade body um, and the Investment Association uh, is equally deep and, and it will be important to maintain those links um, as we move ahead um, through Brexit, uh, whatever the other side of Brexit looks like. Um, I think we've still got some way to go before we find that out. Um, this morning I'd, I'd like to take a step back actually from, from, from the many dossiers um, that, that we're facing uh, in, in, in the months and years ahead, AFMD review of course coming up, a lot of work on liquidity, I'll refer to some of those um, in my comments, but I, I want to start really by picking up on some of the things uh, that, that Pat mentioned in his opening comments and also um, that, that the Minister mentioned. Um, and, and without sort of being overly dramatic on a, on a Thursday morning in London, I, I, I would say that it's no exaggeration to suggest that our industry, um, the fund management industry specifically, but the broader investment management industry in the UK, in Ireland, around Europe, is, is facing an existential moment. And that existential moment, um, as, as Pat was emphasising, um, is about opportunity, um, but it is also about challenge. Um, and I think there are six things going on that are going to fundamentally determine um, what those opportunities look like um, and how successfully we navigate through um, the challenges. The first is the changing role of the industry um, in our economy and society and how we frame that alongside our responsibilities to serve our customers. As we've already heard, sustainable and responsible investment is at the heart of that, but so too are the changing expectations of the deployment of capital in the post-COVID recovery. The second key theme I'll come back to in a moment is the question of how we deliver value and engage increasing numbers um, of, of savers uh, across Europe, many of whom will not think of themselves as investors at all, uh, many of whom in this country may be automatically enrolled or would have come to our industry because governments increasingly are saying to citizens that they need to make more provision for their long-term futures, particularly into retirement, and they're shifting that risk onto individuals through capital markets. And although we're often intermediated in that process, it is coming back to investment managers and it's changing um, our role, uh, reputation um, in society. And wrapping around those two core themes uh, is, is a third equally existential issue for us, uh, which is really going to take off next year. And that is the question of how systemic we are. What is our role in the broader financial system? 
And, and how do we square this debate that has been running since 2008 uh, with global regulators, um, particularly um, sort of challenging conversation at times with prudential regulators um, about, about how we fit? And, and, and that, is, that is reflecting not just situations such as the March 2020 dash for cash, um, but it is reflecting this profoundly different role that we're playing. And as if that isn't enough, let me just put on the table three other things before um, I, I say a bit more um, in detail. And these three are, are equally important. Um, culture um, is something that certainly regulators in, in, in the UK, the, the FCA, uh, I know in, in Ireland as well, have been emphasizing increasingly in the context um, of fund governance and delivery, how we operate our products, how we deliver our services. But when we think about what happened internationally last year, when we think about the, the financial services reaction uh, to the uh, George Floyd um, killing in the United States and the emphasis on diversity and inclusion, uh, we, we can see that culture for us means an awful lot more. And diversity and inclusion is not a nice to do. It is an absolute prerequisite for an industry, frankly, um, for whom different perspectives on a future world is in our DNA. And, and, and that expectation um, from our customers, from governments, from policymakers, from society, um, is going to see and is already seeing some profound changes in the way we approach um, our culture. Um, both Pat and the minister um, mentioned technology. And, and again, technology day to day, it's easy to, to, to think about the, 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 the important transformations that are occurring in the middle and back office, for example, um, thinking about also front office transformation in terms of the greater use of AI. Um, but there could be something far bigger coming for the funds industry, a, a complete reformulation in the way we think about our delivery through tokenized funds, through mass customization, something that, that is perhaps an invisible tipping point. It's not, it's not fully visible today, but we can start to see some of what is coming down um, the track. Um, and I think it, it will be um, extremely important for, for, for everybody um, in, in this room, and particularly for us as, as trade associations, to recognize uh, that potential. And, and last but not least, um, we, we've talked about competitiveness this morning. This is a particular issue, of course, for the UK as we move through Brexit. But in a world that is more fragmented politically, uh, potentially more fragmented also, reflecting the politics in a regulatory sense, defining who you are as a jurisdiction in regulatory terms and in competitiveness terms is going to be important for everybody, government, um, regulators, and the industry. So those six things, role, uh, our, our, our ability to deliver value, uh, engage our customers as a second key theme, systemic significance, culture, technology, and competitiveness. Put that together, and that's why I do genuinely think that this is an extraordinary time for the industry. Um, all of those subjects could be a day's conference, um, and I only have probably about 10 minutes um, to talk to you. So I'm going to uh, zoom in a little bit um, on sustainable and responsible investment, um, say a little bit about value, and if time allows, just touch also um, on liquidity. Um, we have a panel, of course, today on sustainable and responsible investment, so I'm going to try not to, to preempt this uh, too much. Um, and, and, and probably um, it's, it's not in, in, in the best taste to use an aviation analogy uh, to talk about sustainable investment, but I will because I think it's a good one and it's, it's something that I've heard um, in, in the industry and also in other industries. 
Where we are at the moment in sustainable and responsible investment feels a little bit like flying in a plane while trying to build it still. And, and not only are we flying in the plane while trying to build it, um, we've got passengers um, on board um, who perhaps are not entirely clear where they want to get to. Um, we've got passengers on board who've got very, very clear ideas of where they want to get to, but are not necessarily the same as those sitting next to them. And dare I say it, we've got passengers on board who are not yet persuaded that they want to be on board. Um, and, and at the risk of pushing the analogy even further, we, we are flying through air traffic control systems that are being built around us um, and, and frankly are unlikely in the near future to end up in the same place. So this could sound like a council of despair. It's not a council of despair. If anything, it is a statement of commitment. It's a call to arms. Um, it, is a, it is really um, a statement from us and I think broadly from the European investment industry that we are rolling up our sleeves to work with policymakers on a net zero commitment to work on those broader aspects of sustainable and responsible investment to get this right. Um, but we have to recognize just how much is going on. And as we face into some of the accusations of greenwashing and the challenges mount in terms of demonstrating how we deliver, um, I think as a community, policymakers, regulators, industry, um, we also just need to step back on occasion and remind ourselves just how much we have to do. Last Wednesday, I think within three hours across my desk, we saw the FCA sustainability strategy come out. We saw a discussion paper um, on, on the new labelling under SDR, all things that we support, by the way. The IRFRS uh, Foundation uh, announced, announced its International Sustainability Standards Board. And for good measure, uh, HMT made an announcement um, on, on the future of the UK as a, as a net zero financial centre. And obviously, a lot of that happening in the context of... Um, COP26. Um, but as I say, it is just a reminder of what we have to do. So um, I, I, I wanted to put on the table three things that we think are particularly important. Um, there are many, many more things that we have to do, but I, I just want to sort of touch on these today um, as, as, as very concrete um, things that can, that can help that delivery. The first is the question, um, actually, from an investment perspective of defining still what we mean by green. Um, we, we talk a lot about climate change, and it's quite right that we do, and we have to keep talking about climate change. But there's a lot more, as, as you know, to the E uh, and to green than, than climate change. Biodiversity, role of nuclear, how this all connects to the circular economy. Um, that's before we've even got to the S in terms of, of, of what the social aspects of what we're being asked to do mean. So there is a lot more that we can and need to do um, to bottom this out in terms of uh, what we're uh, actually investing in and looking to achieve. Um, the second piece is data through the system. And again, this sounds technical and dry, but it's, it, is, it is fundamental. And we think about the analogy of the plane and the 500 kilometers of cable that it takes to fly an A380. Um, there are some equivalents in terms of the data demands on our industry. And if the data from underlying companies, public, private, from property, from infrastructure, if that data is not flowing through, uh, in a consistent way through us as asset managers and fund managers through to the customer. If we don't get that foundation right, the entire enterprise will be uh, subject to uh, continuous risk. Uh, and, and, and in that regard, we, we welcome um, the UK SDR um, announcement, the recognition in the SDR of the importance of company reporting. We also welcome from a global consistency perspective that IFRS foundation announcement 
um, on the International Sustainability Standards Board. And the third element um, is communication to customers. And here I think we are extremely aligned with um, the FCA principles, um, which came out in the summer. And for any of you, um, particularly colleagues from Ireland, who are not familiar um, with the FCA principles, I, I do recommend them because they set out a, a very clear um, and understandable sense of expectation from regulators um, about how we think about fund communication, not just turning data into meaningful information in the context of what I described earlier, um, but, but actually being clear about objectives, policy, strategy, um, how we report. And, and this question of, of communication um, that I'll come back to um, shortly in a, in a broader context um, is, is incredibly important. So definitions, data, communication, th these, these are things that don't sound glamorous in the context of what we're seeing happening in COP26 but they are the building blocks um, of, of, of success for the industry and its customers. And just a final point um, on this subject, um, and it takes me back to my sort of bigger theme about where the industry is. There are going to have to be conversations still about the boundaries between public and private, what financial services industry uh, investment managers within that can be expected to deliver, uh, and what is frankly for government. We as an industry are actually very, very good already at delivering public goods through what we do for millions of individual savers, investors, and our institutional customers. Those public goods primarily being efficient allocation of capital in the economy and contributing to efficient markets. Sustainable and responsible investment is going to just simply supercharge that question of what we're responsible for and what we're not. And again, this is not a council of despair. This is not um, saying that we can or can't do anything in particular. It is a recognition that the industry, particularly an industry that hangs its hat on its fiduciary responsibility to its customers as a primary starting point, is, is going to face a period over the next few years where we need to be a lot clearer about what we can be expected to do um, legitimately. Uh, and, and what is, is ultimately um, for uh, public authorities. Um, I'm just going to move on and, and be a little bit uh, more, more, more brief on um, value and engagement uh, and liquidity. For, for such a, an intermediated industry, the question of how we deliver value for our customers is, is often a challenging one, but it is an absolutely critical one. Um, in, in the UK, um, forgive me, Nick, if I describe us a little bit as a laboratory in some respects when I think about the retail distribution review, um, the, um, the, the new assessment of value requirements. There is a lot happening in the UK uh, that is important and indeed uh, in many ways um, is, is, is starting to, to uh, have, have results. And I think what we're seeing um, in the EU um, through ESMA and the European Commission um, is a, a slightly different track, but a similar set of themes. Um, I just want to make a few points um, about this, and again, in, in a supportive sense, but I think by way of, of uh, challenge for the industry. Um, I'm not hugely into uh, Buffettology. Um, I'm not uh, an individual investor myself, but there was something that Warren Buffett said about stock investment that I think is incredibly relevant to the value debate. Um, and and, and that, that is this, that price is what you pay, value is what you get. Um, and, and what he was doing there was distinguishing um, between a pure focus on cost and the need to see value in a, in, in a broader sense. And I think there is a risk uh, at the moment in the policy and regulatory debate that we are drifting towards um, a focus um, on cost 
despite the um, advent of the value assessment itself, um, that it's perhaps still preventing us from seeing the full value um, of the industry. And again, to be clear, uh, we are incredibly supportive of a price competitive market. We would maintain that actually since RDR in the UK, um, the price uh, points for both active and passive have been falling. That fall is accelerating. Um, uh, certainly over the last two to three years, we can see some very, very significant falls in cost um, that are directly benefiting investors. But I think what we uh, as a community will need to do is shift the focus to that demonstration of value in the context, of course, of, of the most competitive price. And I think a warning point for what happens when you get that wrong um, comes from the UK DC market, which is price capped. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, the default arrangements uh, in, in entirety are price capped at 0.75%. Um, and, and we've seen um, an environment um, in which price um, has eclipsed value in our view in terms of the discussions about um, investment. So there is, uh, there is, there is much more for, 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 for us um, to do there. There are lessons for, um, I think, the, the, the European environment from the RDR that I don't have time um, to talk about. But the one thing that I think is worth mentioning is that there is a real need to think about total cost um, of ownership alongside total cost of investment. Um, because the, the big risk of focusing exclusively on total cost of investment is that the cost components shift in the value chain as opposed to being able to deliver value and engage retail investors um, in, in, in a different way through through that chain. So um, I'm, I'm almost out of time, and I don't have um, time to get into uh, the liquidity uh, side, but I think um, certainly in the panel there'll be an opportunity to do that. But, but hopefully I've given you um, a sense of where we're coming from uh, as an organization, of the commitment, the energy that there is within the industry to get this right alongside policymakers and regulators.